Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. All right, let's go. So if you have your Bibles, you could go ahead and turn to Mark 5. We're going to be reading from Mark 5, verse 24 to 34. And I'll be reading the um, English Standard Version. And it says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? They're probably thinking like, come on, Jesus, all these people, and you, you want to know who touched you? <laughs> and he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. And so if you are taking notes in this place, the title of this message is Come Out of Hiding. Come out of hiding. Let us pray. Father God, I just thank you, Jesus, for this day, Lord God. I thank you for every single person that is here, those that are tuning in online, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, that nothing that you ever do is coincidental. You are so intentional, Lord God. And so I thank you for this word that I believe you have ministered to my spirit, Lord God. I thank you for the person that walked into this place, Lord, that came in here desperate, came in here just needing one touch from you, Jesus. I thank you that there is power in your name, Lord God. I pray that when this, wor this word goes forth, it will not return void, Lord God. May I decrease so that you can increase, God, so that you can be glorified, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that we are looking for today, God, we would find it in you and that we would leave this place never the same. It is in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. And so... I love this story because um, I just I feel like it's a very powerful, redemptive story. And in this story, we see a woman who finds herself in a place of desperation. She is in a place of need. And she had been hearing about the miracles and the healings that Jesus was doing. And so as Jesus finds himself, he's on the way to Jairus's house. And the story that we just read, and Jairus was a religious leader at that time who had came to Jesus because his daughter was sick and dying. This woman sees that there's a crowd following Jesus. And in her desperation, she takes this opportunity to, you know, get in there, get in the crowd, to step out of her comfort zone 
and do whatever it is that she needed to do in order to experience healing. And just with one touch, she was healed and her life was radically changed. And I believe that just like this woman, there is someone in this place, or there may be a few of you in this place who find yourself in a desperate place in life. You are in a desperate need of a radical life change. You've been pleading, you've been seeking, you've been crying out, and nothing is changing. Maybe you being here today, you accepting this invite was your last resort. You're like, yo, let me just go ahead and try this thing because nothing else is working. But you feel a little bit out of place. You may be in here feeling a little dirty, a little uncleaned or too far gone. Or, you, you know, you know Jesus and you're just feeling like hope is gone like you're disconnected from God and you're losing faith, I want you to know that just one touch can change everything. All you need is faith, even if it's just a little bit of faith. The Bible says with the faith, the size of a mustard seed, mountain can move. So you may not even feel like it, but you just being here today may just be the evidence that you have a little bit more of faith, a little bit more of a fight left in you. And I believe that this is God's divine appointment for you, that the miracle and the breakthrough that you have been praying for and crying out for, that it can take place. And God wants you to know that he has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He is with you. Amen. And so if you find yourself in this place and you can relate to that, I want you to know that you're in the right place. Sometimes you just got to get in the crowd. Sometimes you just got to be a part. You just have to be in the right space, in the right atmosphere for something to break, for miracles to happen. And so I believe that you find yourself in the right place today. And I'll be going through some truth that I believe we must embrace, we must walk in and understand in order to really experience a new life in Jesus, a healed life, a redemptive life, and a restored life. Amen? Amen. If, if you're ready for that, if that's what you're looking for, here, make some noise. Yes. Yes. And so my first point is this. I believe that if you want different, you must do different. If you want different, you must do different. Mark 5, 25 to 29. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians. And she spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately... The flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. I mean, y'all, this woman was dealing with the same thing for 12 years. 12 years. For 12 years, she was considered unclean. She was considered unworthy. She was a cast out. She was rejected by everyone because she couldn't even have any kind of physical touch or, or anything with anybody. And so even if someone would have touched her or she would like accidentally touch them, then it was a whole thing, right? You had to go through a whole ritual in order to then be considered clean again. So nobody wanted to be around her. She was isolated. But not only that, she had nothing. 
She spent everything that she had going to doctors and physicians who could do nothing for her. I mean, can you imagine that? You're like, yo, I'm doing everything I feel like I should be doing. I'm trying, but nothing is changing. You're dealing with the same things and nothing is changing. I could imagine that she got to a place of frustration and desperation. I mean, I know I could relate to that. It's like, yo, I'm giving it the best I got. And I feel like nothing is changing. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you've tried everything and nothing is working? Things seems to be getting, like, not is it, it's not only working, but it seems to get worse, right? Like, you've applied to all the jobs, you've been to all the, you know, you've been on all the dating sites, you've been to all the doctors, you've taken all the classes and nothing is working. The job, the marriage, the kids, the relationship, the anxiety, the bitterness, the anger. Family... If we want things to change, we must do different. And if what you have been doing is not working, then we have to be able to pivot and change directions. Because I've learned that if you want something to change, you have to get to a point where you are no longer just sitting there and you're just gonna let things happen, when you, where you're no longer just doing the same things over and over again. You can't just go and follow the trend. You can't do whatever it is that everyone else is doing. You can't conform, you can't get, give up. You have to get to a place of desperation because desperation leads to action. And I believe that there are many of us who are in this place and we're dealing with the same things and we haven't experienced the change and the breakthrough that we have been looking for because we're not willing to do something different. We're not willing to step out of our comfort zone. We're not willing to take the risk, get uncomfortable and surrender. So let me ask you today, how desperate are you? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to let go of? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? What are you willing to sacrifice? Maybe you want to get healthier and you want to get fit, but you're not willing to let go of your old eating habits. You don't want to change your eating habits. You don't want to start working out. Or maybe you want to be married, but you don't want to let go of the same toxic relationships. Or you're just entertaining everything and anyone that looks your way. You want your family to be together and united, but you're not willing to let go of the offense and forgive. You want to overcome addiction, but you're not willing to put down your pride and talk to someone and say that you have a problem and that you need help. You want to be a better parent to your child, not the kind of parent that you had, but you are responding and reacting in the same way that your parents did to you because it's, it's what, it's what y'all do, it's where I come from, it's how we are. You need to get desperate because that's where change happens and that's where healing can take place. Man, if I'm being honest, there's some of us as believers that we're not willing to sacrifice a few minutes of our day to pray and to get into our word, but we will sit there and we will binge watch a show for hours. We will scroll through IG for hours. We struggle to, to not eat and to go on a fast for a few hours or for a day because it doesn't feel good, because it's uncomfortable, but then you're wondering why you're dealing with um, self, you can't practice self-control and discipline. We keep going and allowing access to the same people in the same environment that used us, that abused us, and we're dealing with the same familiar spirits, and then we can't understand why we keep going in circles, dealing with the same cycles and patterns. Yeah. 
Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone, to step out in faith. You see, this woman made a decision to step out of her comfort zone, to take a risk. She was gonna do something different because the reality was that for her, just her being in the crowd, it didn't assure her, it was no assurance that she was gonna receive the blessing. But she went for it. She wasn't even looking for Jesus to stop and touch her and pray with her. She was like, yo, even if I touch him, she had the kind of faith that said, even if I touch his garment, not even him, a piece of his clothing, a thread, I will be made healed. Let your desperation conjure up a kind of faith in you that says, just one touch, just one touch can heal me, just one touch can restore me, just one touch can change things for me, just one touch can put me back together. Because Jesus will meet us in our place of desperation. So how desperate are you? How desperate are you because all we need is just one touch. That is more than enough. Amen? We also, we have to be careful to not allow our desperation to deceive us and to have us tapping into our own power and into other sources for what only Jesus could do. I mean, think about it. Something you're so, you're, sometimes you're so desperate, you're just like, yo, like I'm willing to do everything and anything because I want this to change. And that is where the enemy catches us slipping. So we have to be mindful to not allow our desperation to deceive us because that's probably why you're feeling like, yo, I'm doing everything that I could be doing and nothing is working. You've been trying to do it on your own. You have been trying to figure this thing out by yourself. You've been wanting to take matters into your own hands instead of letting the God that holds the whole world in his hands take care of you and of your needs. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, how educated you are, how good of a person you think you may be. It doesn't matter um, how much money you have, how many self-help books, self books you've read. How many hours of therapy you clocked in? And I'm not knocking therapy, I'm an advocate for Jesus and therapy. But what I'm saying is that you cannot do it on your own. Our self-sufficiency as humans, it does not cut it. Y'all, we are not that strong, we are not that powerful. Nothing is, no one is, but Jesus. That's why Isaiah 6, 6 says, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We're not that good. We are not that strong. And the things that this world has to offer us, they just won't cut it. So you've been looking to all these things that the world has to offer. The validation from people, from men, from women, the sex, the drugs, the different religious practice, let's talk about it, the santeria, the voodoo, the new age, the alcohol, the affection, the psychics, the crystals, the witch doctors. You've been looking to all these things in order to make you feel whole and complete, in order for it to heal you and restore you and to fix you, yet you're still left feeling empty uncleaned, dirty, and just like the woman in this story, instead of it getting better, it's worse. 
I'm here to tell you that that is because there is nothing in this world that could ever fulfill you and satisfy you, that can ever restore you and heal you other than Jesus. There is nothing in this world that could ever do. He is the living water. His well never runs dry. He said, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welding up to eternal life. You're still thirsty because you've been drinking from the wrong well. You've been going to the wrong fountain. You've been looking for all of these things that can only be provided and offered by Jesus. Everything else is a counterfeit. It is fake. It does not work. Even when you think it's working, it's like putting a band-aid over a womb. It is temporary. It will never do. It will have you getting worse instead of better. Don't allow your desperation to lead you to counterfeits. Don't allow your desperation to deceive you. You see, I'm from the islands, I'm from the Caribbean, and this is a common thing I feel like amongst a lot of Caribbean people, and probably other cultures, but I can only speak, you know, from what I know. Um, It never feels that when I go back home, I'm hearing stories like my uncles and my family members, they're sharing stories, whether it's like about themselves or someone in the family at some point in life, like they were sick, they were almost dying and they were praying and this and that. And then someone told them about somebody who can heal them. And then they go to this somebody and the somebody puts together like this whole remedy and then it helps them, right? So AKA, they go to a witch doctor. Let's just call it out for what it is. It's a witch doctor, it's witchcraft. And they go and they do all these things and the really crazy part to me is that in order for them to even experience this healing, they usually have to make some kind of payment, they have to provide some kind of sacrifice. And that is what a lot of, a lot of us or a lot of our family members have done so many years and we do it sometimes because it's tradition, because oh, it's just what we do here, right? Family, we don't need all of these things. We don't need all of these, uh, we don't need access to all of these other doctors when we have access to the great physicians, the doctors of all doctors that unlike any other doctor, any other person he doesn't even ask you to pay him to be healed he paid it off for you to be healed he was the sacrifice so that you could be made whole and complete stop looking for healing in places that will only make you sick stop looking for healing in places that will only make you sick which brings me to my second point for you to experience and to walk in the healing and the restoration, I believe that there, this is a very important truth that we must engrave in our hearts and let that settle in your heart. God wants to heal you, not hurt you. He wants to heal you, not hurt you. When I, when I accepted that truth, I felt like my whole life changed. My dynamic and my relationship with Jesus shifted completely. Mark 5, 29, 34. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in him that power had gone out from him immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him 
and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. There are so many people that have allowed shame and condemnation and fear to keep them from their healing. But most of all, to keep them from the healer, which is God. The woman in this story, which I mean, I, I understand, right? Due to everything that this disease represented, right? Being unclean, considered unworthy of any kind of human affection and contact. She lived a life of condemnation and shame for 12 years. And I can only imagine that that became a part of her identity. It was all that she experienced is what she knew. And like so many of us, when we experience the same thing over and over again, when we're consistently being told the same thing, it becomes a part of our identity. It becomes a part of who we are and how we function. And so in these verses that we just read, we see that Jesus asked who touched them. And eventually the woman with fear and trembling admitted what had happened to her. But I love how Luke writes this, uh, this verse in his account. He says, and the woman saw that she was not hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him, declared in his presence of all people why she had touched them and how she had been immediately healed. Her lifestyle, her disease, everything that came attached to what she had in her society caused her to live a life that was hidden. She was probably consumed by fear. People wanted nothing to do with her. But not only that, she understood the consequences of being amongst people, being in the crowd, having any kind of physical contact. So of course she was probably trying to hide. Of course she was scared because the assumption would have been that there was physical contact made. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus was not even phased with her disease. He was not phased by the labels that society had put on her. He didn't rebuke her. He wasn't angry. He wasn't scared of being considered unclean or that she touched him, even though according to the custom, she couldn't. She was not deemed unworthy of healing. Instead, he called her daughter. What I'm saying is that you are not too dirty for God. You are not too messy for God. You're not too unclean, too much of a, I have it, you know, I'm a broken. I'm just too much. God can't touch me. God can heal me. You're not too far God, too far gone from God. God is not scared of your humanity. He's not scared of your sickness. He's not scared of your addiction. He's not scared of your shortcomings and your failures. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, come out of hiding. He wants to heal you, not condemn you. He wants to make you new. He wants to call you son. He wants to call you daughter. But you have to come out of hiding. Because you cannot deal with what is not exposed. You cannot heal from what is not exposed. And if you've been in discipleship class, you will always hear me say this. I stole it from Pastor Terrence. Because it is a truth that I live by. Healing can take place in the dark. Healing cannot take place in the dark. And guilt and shame will cause us to hide and to not expose what's really there. And if I'm being transparent, it does slow down our healing. Let's be real about it. It slows down our healing because we put up walls to guard ourselves and to protect ourselves. And I get it, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm guilty of it. This is a coping mechanism that a lot of us have 
developed in order to protect ourselves. We use it to sometimes protect ourselves from ourselves because let's be real, who wants to deal with themselves and face the ugly parts about them? So I'd rather just not even go there. We put up these walls to guard ourselves from other people because we've been disappointed, we've been betrayed, we've been hurt. And so then we tell ourselves things like, well, if I tell them what's happening, they're gonna use it against me, they're gonna judge me, they don't understand, they probably don't even care. And we convince ourselves of all of these things and end up are guarding our hearts against people that can actually bless us. But not only do we do it with ourselves, do we do this with other people, but we do the same thing with God. We allow our human experience to dictate and impact our level of intimacy with Jesus. And I've come to realize that a lot of us navigate our relationship with Jesus the same way that we navigate our human relationships. When we are hurt, we feel some kind of way about something, we begin to put up a wall, we begin to detach. When we fall short, when we feel like we did something that was too big of a mess, like God may be disappointed, instead of going to him, we disconnect and we hide from Jesus. And I remember, uh, so last year, I, I got a new car. I got a new car in April, right? I was so excited, praise Jesus. You know, I got rid of my little Toyota Corolla. Stuck by me for a long time. Um, and I literally, like less than a month after getting my new car, I was outside of this parking lot, out here after service. <laughs> It was on Mother's Day because I will never forget the day. And I had a lot going on. My head was everywhere. And I was backing up. And I sure enough hit a pole. Yeah, I promise I could drive. Okay, don't judge me. I could drive. I could drive. I hit like a sign pole thing that was there. It was so embarrassing, first of all, because like, shout out to the cool men. But like most of the cool men were out there and they already, I feel like they were already judging my driving skills in life. <laughs> So this is not a good situation to be in. Um, and they, you know, they helped me or whatnot. Like we figured it out, but I hit my car. And the first thing I said, I was like, oh my God, I cannot see my dad. He's gonna be so mad. He's gonna be disappointed. I'm like, yo, like I have not had this car for a month. I need to figure this thing out. So I resolved that the solution was like, I'm gonna avoid him. I'm gonna just avoid him until I get this thing figured out. I'm not gonna pass by his house. Like, you know, I'll call him, but I'm not gonna go see him because he can't see the car. Um, so I avoided him for like three weeks until I couldn't anymore. I was leaving to Dominican Republic and I usually leave my car at his place because of whatever, like it's, it's easier. And he wasn't in town when I was leaving my car. So I was like, well, he's gonna come back. I'm gone for like two weeks, he's gonna see it. So I just called him that night. I was like, listen, okay, I'm leaving my car here. I hit the car, I am so sorry. I don't wanna lecture. I know that I messed up. I know that I gotta be careful. I'm gonna just figure it out. And he was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. Deep down I knew, I was like, he ain't got more, but he was just like, okay, great. I was like, I'm gonna figure this thing out on my own. So of course, I leave and I come back. And when I come back from DR, guess what happens? My car is fixed. <laughs> he didn't say anything, he just fixed my car and then he gives me the keys and he's like, Yadi, you need to learn how to take care of yourself and your things better. 
just be careful. And that's it. And it hit me. I'm like, I spent all this energy avoiding and hiding from my dad because of guilt and shame. Because I felt like I messed up and oh my God, he's gonna be so disappointed at me. He was gonna be disappointed at me and just like the loving father that he is, the good father that he is, he just fixed it. He gave me the keys and he's like, I just want you to be more careful and take care of yourself. It didn't change that I was his daughter. It didn't change that he loved me even when I got it wrong, even when I get it right with no strings attached. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do with us as our father in heaven. He wants to protect us. He wants to pour out his unconditional love over us heal us and say hey son hey daughter I just want you to be okay I just want you to take care of yourself I just want you to be a little bit more careful that doesn't change that I love you stop hiding from the one that wants to heal you and can heal you Jesus is our safe place He's a safe place for us to not have it all together, for us to come, to fall, and get back up. A safe place for us to learn, a safe place for us to be vulnerable and transparent and come in our moments of anger and come in our moments of joy, come in all of our humanity, our imperfection, our dirtiness, our messiness. Psalms 991 says, the Lord is a safe place for the oppressed, a safe place in difficult times. Those who know, know your name trust you because you have not abandoned anyone who seek you, Lord. In order to seek, you can't hide. You cannot hide, and that is it. He isn't expecting perfection from us. He's, all he's asking is that we would just trust him, is that we would just surrender, is that we would just put our faith in him because he leaves his abilities in the hands of our faith. He said, go. Your faith has made you well. All that he is asking for is just faith. Even if it's a little bit. That is more than enough. He wants to heal you, not condemn you. He wants to heal your heart, not hurt it. Amen? Amen. And so, as we choose different because we're we're wanting different and as we're going through our healing and and Jesus is taking care of us and being the loving father that he is we are called to go public with it and be loud about it that is the third point go public and be loud about it mark 5:27 she had heard the reports about about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments how did she know about Jesus what he was able to do she had heard the reports of what Jesus was doing the healing that he was providing how the blinds were now able to see how the cripple were able to walk and if we read the story right before this Jesus healed a man who was possessed of many demons and when he healed him the command was go home to your own people Jesus said and tell them what the Lord has done for you and how he has shown you mercy once he healed her, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go is an action word. 
We don't just experience healing and breakthrough and miracles to keep it for ourselves. Someone's healing is dependent on your voice, on your story, on your testimony of what Jesus did for you. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light barriers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous father in heaven. You have been called to be a light. You have been called to be generous with your lives, to not hide. We must be willing to open up our mouth to get a little bit uncomfortable and be loud with it. We have to be willing to go public with it because he didn't set us free for us to, to keep it a secret. He said, go into the highways, go into the byways. Tell them about what I have done. Share the good news. People's souls are on the line. I don't know about you, but when I have a really good experience with something, I'm going to promote the life out of it. Okay, I'm going to tell everybody about it. Y'all want to know if it's true? Okay, I need y'all to help me here, okay? If you know me, you know me. So I know there's a few of you that know me. But what is the one drink that I always have in my hand that people say I have? You, you see that? A Celsius. I had a great experience with a Celsius. It basically changed my life. It gave me the energy that I needed. So I tell everybody about it. I am known to always have a Celsius. They low-key think I have an addiction. I promise I do not have an addiction. <laughs> but I'm going to tell people about it because I'm the kind of person that I'm going to put you on. If I had an experience, I'm going to put you on. If I had a bad experience, I'm going to let you know, like, hey, you need to be a little careful. But if it's something that did something for me, I'm going to tell everybody about it. And so many times we are loud and we're vocal about so many things, but then we don't have that same energy with Jesus, the one who blesses us out loud, who blessed you with that job, who blesses you with the car that you're posting, the family that you now have. So we post about our friends, we post about all these things we have going on, but then we're too scared to post about Jesus because maybe you're not going to get as much likes. You may lose a little bit of followers. We recommend and we become brand ambassadors for all these things that don't even give us a dime because you would think that I'm a brand ambassador for Celsius. I'm not, but if you know, Celsius holla at me. Okay. <laughs> but we don't keep that same energy with Jesus. We're not willing to become ambassadors for Jesus, the one that gave us new life, the one that gave up his life. We're too scared to make people feel uncomfortable because, you know, talking about Jesus is a touchy subject. Y'all, people are sick. People are dying. I'm not just talking about physically, but also spiritually. People are in bondage. They're living without hope. People are depressed, hopeless. They're wanting to take their lives away. There are souls on the lines, and we're consumed with how someone else is going to feel. 
Your family members and your friends need the hope that you have, need to hear about how your life has been changed, what Jesus has done to you, but you're scared to make people feel weird. I don't know about you, but I refuse to stand by and not offer people around me what I have found in Jesus, the new life that I have, the joy that I live with, the healing that I found. I tell people, listen, respectfully, if you don't want God to be involved in it, don't come to me, don't ask me, because everything that I do is always going to point back to Jesus. It just spills out of my life naturally because it's what I'm consumed by. I am loud about the God that saved me, the God that I serve, because he gave me a new life. And you know why I choose to be loud about it? Because I know what life was like without Jesus. It was trash, it was meaningless, it was dark. I was, I was dead inside, if I'm being honest. I remember a few weeks ago, I was sitting at the table with my brothers, and we were just having like a conversation about um, like where we're at in life, and you know, like time has passed, and what we're all doing. And I found it really interesting that one of my brothers said, Yo, sis, like, I heard the, you know, the word you gave a few weeks ago at your church. And if I'm being honest, he's like, Yadi, you could have told me you were going to be an astronaut, a president. I would have believed it. But if you would have told me that you would be doing what you're doing today and living the life that you're living today, I would not have believed it. Not because you're not capable of it, but because that's not what happens to people where we come from. That's not what my life was supposed to look like. I was supposed to be in and out of a club every day, married with probably a whole bunch of kids, doing all these crazy things out in the world. And if you have kids, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, you know, okay, context. Um, it was not supposed to happen for someone like me. I'm not, I was not supposed to be here. The enemy tried to take me out multiple times since I was a baby. I was not supposed to be here, but one Tuesday night, March 2013, at a young adult service, God in all of his kind, kindness, in all of his mercy, in all of his grace, he met me where I was at, in my messiness, in my brokenness, in my disappointment, in my depression, feeling unworthy and unclean. And he called me daughter. And I decided to completely surrender my life to Jesus. Not because I had it all together and because I was perfect, because that was not the case, and that's still not the case. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of hiding. I was tired of like putting up this facade like I have it all together. I was tired of, tired of pretending like I could figure this thing out on my own. I didn't want the same, so I knew that I had to do something different. And that's why I am here today. And so today, every single one of you, every single person under the sound of my voice, you have the opportunity to do something different. To step out and to change the course of your life to pivot and change directions. Today you can choose to put your walls down, to let him heal you, and to go public with it. Amen? Amen. Amen.
So with all eyes closed and all head bowed. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.